This is Radio Free Bay Ridge. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of Radio Free Bay Ridge. We're hard at work at our next podcast, but this past Tuesday was the District 43 City Council debate at Zavarian High School, hosted by the Bay Ridge Community Council. Radio Free Bay Ridge was there in the audience, live tweeting from at Radio Free BR and recording. We present to you the raw, unedited recording of that debate, but first, the next debate is hosted by the Arab American Association. It's on Tuesday, October 24th, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at IS30, the former Green Church on Ovington and 4th. Doors open at 6.30. Please be there. Now we'll join the Zavarian debate about a minute into the start with the president of the Bay Ridge Community Council. is coming up on the October 24th. You'll see a lot of the kids in the street. It's a great thing that we do every year, 65 years. A lot of the adults that are now in their 70s were original painters from back in the day day. So um, if you see the kids on the streets, uh, thank them, compliment them, and encourage them because their future depends on compliments, and that's what we need to do in today's world that we have. Uh, the main date for that is the 26th. Uh, November 28th is the big event that we give out these awards for the children. So please join us at Farmington High School at 7 p.m. again November 28th. Our next event after that that I'm trying to hold for the first time is a toy drive for the Fort Hamilton Army Base children. So if anyone that would like to donate or you know anyone that has some toys or anything, please you can drop it off at 9714 3rd Avenue or on Facebook, we will have post that on there uh, before uh, November 29th, please. Again, November 29th is the dead date. December 8th is their event, I need to hand it over to them. Uh, in January, we have no meetings as scheduled for now. We might have something. Please follow us on Facebook and you'll see if, what we will be announcing. Uh, February is our annual Hidden Treasures. It is people from the community that are um, sent to us that are hidden treasures, that they do very uh, a lot of stuff for the community, that they do events for the community, they volunteer, they help uh, uh, elderly. So. We like to honor them. Please help us, send us any people that you know that are award, um, should be receiving this award from us. March again is an empty day. April 24th, we have police, fire, and photography. And that is where we honor some of our finest and bravest. And as well as we have a adult and young uh, photo contest where it's held every year that same night. In May 28th, we will have our essay contest. The essay contest, we go to all schools and we pick four questions and the kids come back with an essay regarding certain criteria that uh, we ask them to write about. And that will also be awarded that night, May 28th. And finally, June 4th is our annual dinner dance, and that's where we actually change the gavel between 
Knicks president and the Knicks board. I again thank you very much for coming out tonight. Thank our uh, contenders tonight for the seat of the city council. Ladies and gentlemen, again, I must say, please respect each other. This is a community. We are all one. And the best man will prevail for us. Each one of these men are qualified and more than qualified to be there. And I love them all. God bless you guys. Thank you, Ralph. Nice job as always. Good evening. My name is Alexander Conti, your moderator for this evening and chairman of the BRCC Civic Affairs. Welcome to our debate for the 43rd District City Council here at Severian High School. I would like to first thank Bob Arineros, longtime friend of ours and supporter of the council, for providing this venue tonight. I'd also like to graciously thank the uh, hospitality committee and uh, two people that have been here 23 years, as long as I can remember since when I was here. Uh, Rana, also known as Balveer Singh, and Sarinda Powell, also known as Sammy, that put this all together for us. We don't need air conditioning, which is a good thing, but if we did, this was one of the reasons why we picked this, because sometimes we've had some uh, heated debates, part of the pot, no, just hot temperatures during the month of October. Uh, I'd also like to discuss tonight's format, opening statements, uh, two minutes, closing statements, two minutes, Questions from the audience. Uh, we're going to close out questions now, so by the time I finish speaking, if you haven't filled out a card and given it to us and brought it, up and brought it up to us, we will not be able to get it in. My goal will be to run the program to its maximum and maybe extend it to try to get as many of these cards done, but obviously as a moderator, I'm limited to how long these questions are written, whether the bottles are going to be included, so I cannot guarantee. But we do it this way, it's a system I started 15 years ago to keep the middle aisle clear and no stacking of the deck. And obviously that separates our debate, I think, from other debates. Um, so if you haven't given a card, please do. If you have to write the question down, let us know who the question is directed to. And we'll get as many questions done as possible. Uh, three participants for tonight's debate is Justin Brennan, <clears throat> Democratic Party, John Cragleon representing the Republican Conservative and Bob Capano, the Reform Party. We picked the number from one to three, and uh, the opening statements wound up being that Justin Brandon will be the first person, Rob Capano will be second, John Quagliano will be third, and closing will be uh, John Quagliano, Justin Brandon, and then Bob Capano on closing. Each candidate will have two, two minutes to answer each question, and we'll try to get rebuttals. If it's directed at a singular candidate, then we probably will not have a rebuttal. We already have about 40 questions, so that could uh, get to 100 if we don't close it out. So I'm asking right now, any final cards to be given, please bring them up to us right now. Does anybody else need a card? Raise your hand, I'll personally bring it around. Going once, going twice, okay. Everything is in place. Uh, part of what we do with the council is try to promote other organizations and their events. I'd like to pass the microphone to a second to one of our newest member organizations, Grandma's Love, Teresa. She's looking for a new bus. Uh, buses I know generally go twenty-five dollars or $30,000, but this bus is going for 2000 Not a lot. I know the men's club has given out checks even during debates. So if it's possible, I've already spoken to Ralph and other organizations. See if you can give her a bus for a holiday. Because everyone does the kid, you know, the toys for tots, but she'll tell us about the bus for $2,000 that can go a long way. As you know, Grandma's Love is a hunger program, but also a literacy program. We promote literacy in our children. So our goal is to have a school bus 
that is going to be converted to Books on Wheels, where we can go around, especially during the summer, to parks and community centers all over, uh, especially Bay Ridge, Decker Heights, Bensonhurst, so that we can make sure that children always have a new book to read. Because technology is great, but opening a book and actually holding it and putting yourself into that story is something else. So that bus is going to enable us to get out free books, do puppet time, do story time, and God knows what's going to happen from there, but we really need your help to purchase this bus and get it renovated. So if anyone knows anyone that can write a check, we're here. Any, you can find me all over Bay Ridge, and our address is 261 68th Street. Thank you. Our timekeeper this evening is the, the venerable and honored one, Bob Kassabrock. Big hand for Bob Kassabrock. He's living a good life. He's retired now, so he's always happy. Always happy. Okay, let's get started, and we're going to open up with our opening statements. And the first person is Justin Brandt. Thank you, Alex. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming out tonight. Um, it's very important that you're here, and tonight is really for you, except for the three of us. So. It's great to see everyone here, and thanks for the Bears Community Council for organizing this. And I hope this doesn't count against my time. Because I take it back. Uh, my name is Justin Brennan. I was born and raised right here in Bay Ridge. I actually went to high school right here at Zavarian, so it's very cool to be back in my alma mater. Uh, my wife, Lee, and I, who's in the audience, we own an art school for kids on 3rd Avenue. Uh, my father was a salesman. My mother uh, is a Catholic school teacher. Uh, my mother Mary's in the audience too. She's a teacher at uh, Holy Angels Academy. My great-grandparents came here from Italy with some lint in their pockets and a dream. And I think about them each and every morning when I wake up so lucky just to have this opportunity uh, to run for office. I was raised to stand up for what I believe and stand up for what's right. I was raised to do the right thing even when no one's looking. I'm running for city council because I love my neighborhood. I care about the future of our neighborhood, and I want to represent everybody that calls our neighborhood home. I believe every child deserves a free, high-quality public education, just like the one I had growing up. I believe that we all deserve the absolute best quality of life. Safe, clean streets, beautiful parks, a bustling local economy that everyone can enjoy, especially our young families and our seniors. I believe that the government can be a valuable tool to help people, especially the little guy. But in order for that to be possible, the government must be working at the most basic level. And that's why I don't just point at things and say that's a problem. I roll up my sleeves and I get things done. When parents came to me about speeding near their schools and people driving recklessly near their schools, I went to the Department of Transportation and I got speed bumps installed and I got a slow zone installed to keep everyone safe. A local business was getting hassled by the Department of uh, Consumer Affairs with arbitrary and predatory violations and fines, I stepped in and I fought City Hall to make it right. The mother of a special needs child came to me and said, that's it? Okay. Um, my, look, my mission is to make your life just a little bit easier for you and your family. My mission is to support you and advocate for you and to make local government work for all of us. Not just the rich and the powerful, not just the super connected and the privileged, but the everyday people who keep our community strong, and that's why I'm running for city council. Thank you.
Thank you, Alex, and, and my name is Bob Capano, and being here is special uh, for me for two reasons. One, like uh, Justin, I'm a graduate here at Severian High School, and as any graduate of Severian will tell you, um, one of the things Severian teaches in all of us is community service, and I'll never forget one of the requirements that all seniors had was the Senior Involvement Program, where we were forced to go out into a community service, which was a great experience. I remember calling bingo and serving our lunches at the local senior centers. That's what I chose to do. And the second reason this is special is not too many years ago, I was the co-chair with you, Alex, of this Bay Ridge Community Council, Council Civic Affairs Committee. So I want to thank the Bay Ridge Community Council for inviting all of the candidates in this race to this forum. It's very important. Um, as a Reform Party candidate and the Reform Party itself, we believe the more choices that voters have, the better. Unfortunately, it seems more often than not, we limit ourselves to just one Republican, one Democrat. But in fact, I think the more candidates, the better. And just one quick example, we may have different ideas about businesses and how to run a business and business regulations. I, I think I know Justin and your wife run a business, I run a business. We may have different ideas on what is best. And no one candidate, whether it be me or anyone else, has a monopoly on good ideas. So that's why I think it's important that parties like the Reform Party are included in forums like this. Uh, also, as a supermarket manager, I can tell you, I run a Grisidi supermarket, you know, if I had two, only two kinds of uh, paper towels, voters wouldn't be happy, customers wouldn't be happy. We need that, that choice. And to so many, the status quo just isn't working. We have an establishment, a political party establishment, that seems to be dominated by the special interests and party bosses. And we need someone independent to stand up to the, step up to the plate who's going to put community above politics. And that's what my life has been about, both in community service and working in the private sector and public sector. I'm the only one on this stage who can say they worked for Brooklyn's top Democrats, Borough President Marty Markowitz, and Brooklyn's top Republicans, Bob Turner and Vito Fisella. To me, that is what's most important, serving the community that you love, not partisan politics. Thank you. Good evening. I'm John Quaglione, and I am running for city council because this election matters more than almost any other election going on in this city. This election will affect the landscape of the city for the next four years, not only for this district, but for the future of our whole city. Our city has gone backwards under the Bill de Blasio administration. We have suffered here in this neighborhood greatly. We're down on the number of cops. We're up in the number of parking tickets. We're up in property taxes. We're up in violations, water bills. We're up, up, up. All the money's going to Manhattan. None of it's coming here. You can't get your garbage picked up, your bulk garbage picked up. You can't get, you can't go to the store, you come out of the store, you have one minute extra on your meter and you have a parking ticket on it. You can't, you, this, the de Blasio administration is strangling this community and it's time that somebody stands up for that community, this community, our community, because it matters. This district is the most important election in this race and I'm the only one on this, on this stage right now that will stand up to Bill de Blasio and to the lunacy and city council that has impacted our district over the last four years, taking our city budget, 
from $70 billion to $86 billion, and I don't think we're getting anything for it. I don't know about you, but if you look around this neighborhood, homeless is up, quality of life is down, petty larcenies are up, packages are being stolen off the stoop, uh, car break-ins on a regular basis, handle surfing, people trespassing on your property to get bottles and, and take the bottles out of your property. We are, in, we are at a key juncture here at this election. We have illegal conversions going on in Diker Heights. We have the problems I just mentioned, the homeless problems. We have a new birthing center that just opened on 67th Street and 3rd Avenue. And the patients, the pregnant women going in there are afraid to go in there because there's homeless people living in Stedman Square right across the street from them. And the Department of Homeless Services is doing nothing. Bill de Blasio has failed this community tremendously. Bill de Blasio has increased our expense and has given us nothing in return. And I will be the only one that can go to City Hall and get us what we deserve because we do deserve better and this election matters. Thank you. Okay, the first question, and I'll start off with Bob and just go over to the right. For each of you, what do you think the top three problems are in Bay Ridge and what will you do to fix them, Bob? Well, the first one, uh, obviously, is um, illegal home conversions. I mean, there's been great progress with a recent law that was passed led by a councilman uh, Gentile, uh, the Aggravated Illegal Home Conversions Act. So I think that was a very important step. But again, when it comes to illegal home conversions, you can pass all the laws you want, but unless there's enforcement, it means nothing. The second one, absolutely, is our subway service, um, mass transit. This is worse, it gets worse and worse by the day. Um, the R train, uh, just today in the New York Post, we saw a report and we learned that the overnight cleaning of the R train uh, tracks throughout the whole line was eliminated. The overnight shift, gone. And by next year, all these overnight cleaning uh, shifts will be eliminated. We know, we've seen it happen, that with more litter on the subways tracks, it causes more track fires and more delays. Isn't it ironic that the MTA just doubled the fine for littering to try to prevent these fires, and now they're eliminating the workers who clean the tracks overnight, taking more money from us with these fines, taking more money from tolls, and less services. You know what? The MTA may as well be called the money-taking agency, because all they do is take our money and give less services. So we have to join together, Republicans and Democrats, to solve these uh, key issues uh, uh, facing our community. And the third issue is you know, law enforcement. We absolutely have to support our law enforcement. My two uncles are retired cops. I, I am so very disappointed in the way this mayor has treated our law enforcement. We all know the stories of them turning their backs on our officers. Uh, on, on the mayor because the NYPD simply feels that the mayor doesn't have their back. We're blessed in these communities to have a great 6-8 and 6-2 precinct by communities working together and we need to keep it that way. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost, the job of uh, a council member is really to protect, promote, and defend um, your neighborhood. So. I'd say number one for me is quality of life. I do agree that we need to hire more cops, but 
hiring more cops is not, is not just the answer. It needs to be done in a smart way. And that's why I'm the only candidate that's called for a return to community policing, to bring back the days of the cop on the corner where everyone knew uh, the cop's name on the corner and it really improved relationships and respect between uh, the communities uh, and be between the police and the communities they serve. So I think community policing is important. I've been fighting for uh, the MTA for many, many years. Just recently, the Bay Ridge Avenue station reopened after six months of being closed with a $24 million paint job. We didn't get any uh, improvement in reliability, no improvement in accessibility. Um, people living with disabilities, and seniors and, and the parents with strollers, uh, basically the MTA is telling them that the subways are off limits. So I have called for the city to take back control of the MTA because frankly, right now you've got the state um, making decisions on the MTA. you got guys who represent Buffalo and Rochester making decisions about the R train. I don't know about you, but I know as much about Buffalo and Rochester as they do about the R train. And lastly is education. I've only made one promise in this campaign, and that's I promised to build a new school within the first four years uh, of the first term. Um, our district is one of the best districts in the city. It's been that way since I was a kid for a very, very long time, District 20. But our schools, it's no, um, you know, it's no surprise to anyone that they're woefully overcrowded. Um, so we need more schools and we need to get creative when land does become available to prioritize building public schools. So those, for me, were the top three priorities. For me, the top three priorities are, are public safety, senior housing, and quality of life. And I have an extensive plan for each of those. And I'm glad that my opponent here has come on board calling for more police officers because I've been saying that since March and I have a petition going to Justin's mayor, Bill de Blasio, to, to get more police officers here because the captains of both the 6'8 and the 6'2 have repeatedly told me that we are at record low numbers of police officers here in this district. And our, our, our abandonment of the broken windows theory by the de Blasio administration has hurt us. We've had a 28-day period in May where there was a 19% increase in petty larcenies. 28 days, you had a one in five chance of being victim of a small crime, a package being stolen, or your car broken into. And if you look around the room, you see some heads nodding. But Bill de Blasio's New York, that's allowed. You could jump turnstiles. You could do all the, you could urinate in the street. We're not gonna allow that anymore. This is our New York, this is our neighborhood. So that's priority number one. Number two, senior housing. For more than 10 years, 15 years, we haven't built one additional unit of senior housing in this district. You know how many seniors there are in this district? You know how many are baby boomers? Where are they all gonna go? What are we telling the seniors? Go to New Jersey with your kids? Go to Staten Island? Leave the church you know? Leave the doctors you know? No, we need to build senior housing. We're in a crisis on that. And finally, quality of life. I'm sick and tired of walking up and down 86th Street and my six-year-old, she'll be six tomorrow, asking me what does homeless mean? And I'm tired of taking her to the park and her asking me why the swing does it, why the swing is broken, or why the hopscotch board isn't painted. I'm tired of the community being neglected by City Hall and I am going to change that as your councilman.
I'll start off with Justin. How will you work with the presumed re-elected Mayor de Blasio in obtaining financial resources for the betterment of Bay Ridge in the following areas? I'm expecting my all of them, but ICE, infrastructure, subway, which we've just said a couple of things about, affordable housing, and sanitation. Thank you. Um, look, I'm going to work with Mayor de Blasio when he's right and when he can help our neighborhoods, and I'm going to fight against him and stand against him when he's wrong. I mean, that's the bottom line, and that's the truth. Um, if I'm lucky enough to be elected, um, I'm going to be accountable to the people of this district and nobody else, and that's the bottom line. Um, you know, I, I think it's very easy to point to things and say that's a problem, um, and just to blame City Hall for everything, but frankly, uh, we need solutions. We need solutions to our problems. Um, you know, some of the things I'm hearing tonight, it sounds like the apocalypse here. Um, when in reality, people are moving to this district in droves, and that's because we've got great schools, um, we've got uh, a great infrastructure here, and you know, a great, a great community infrastructure. Our subways are horrible. Um, I've been calling you know, for, for an overhaul of the MTA for a very long time. Um, I haven't heard anyone else speak about it until now. Um, community policing, I think, is very important. This is something that um, I'm calling on Mayor de Blasio to do because I truly think that improving relationships between the police and, and the communities they serve is important. And also, when you, I think the 6862 does a good job, but I also know that people call the police and sometimes wait two hours for them to show up. So they need more cops, but it needs to be done in a very smart way. Um, but I'm not afraid of the tough fights and I'm not afraid of standing up to Bill de Blasio. Um, and, um, and that's what I'll do as your next council person. Well, and if in the unfortunate reality, uh, Mayor de Blasio is reelected, um, I think it's going to be important for this council member to stand up to him when he's wrong, which I happen to believe is most of the time. And it's also going to be important to point out as loudly and as clearly as we can the mistakes he makes, including have his funding priorities. And one of the biggest mistakes of his funding priorities, and I've been saying this for months, is his wrong-headed sanctuary city policies where we're spending $27 million of taxpayer money to protect criminal aliens in city jails from deportation. To me, that's simply wrong. Last week, the Attorney General of the United States gave Mayor de Blasio until October 27th 10 days from now to reverse his sanctuary city policies or we're going to lose 4.3 million dollars in federal grants for law enforcement to me it's not rocket scientists use the funds for citizens here legally rather than protecting those here illegally and when you open up those funding mechanisms and you have those extra millions of dollars in the city coffers then you can build more schools, then you can hire more cops, then you can have more money for senior housing. So if Bill de Blasio is reelected, I will speak, be speaking loudly and clearly against those policies and standing up to Democrats and Republicans who don't share the values for my community and our city. Thank you. Can we repeat the question? I thought it was about the MTA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what that was about. Uh, in reference to the, the presumed re-election of Mayor de Blasio, how would you deal with the following resource issues that are needed in the betterment of Bay Ridge 
ICE infrastructure, subway system, affordable housing, and sanitation? Well, the first thing on sanitation would be we got to get the MLP trucks back and the smaller trucks. When they put the organics program in place, they've taken the regular recycling, the regular garbage trucks that take your regular garbage, not your recycling, and the infinite wisdom of Bill de Blasio and his sanitation department chopped the truck, truck in half and he did nothing. He has now not been able to service. There's about 10 private streets in this district that cannot get service because the small truck can't go down the street and the big truck now is split and that takes your organics so it impacts the bulk collection of all of you. I've had apartment building owners call me that couch has been on the outside their building for four weeks. Four weeks, because they call 311, and three days later, they say, oh, your next regular pickup is in two days. So then they call back in two days, and they say, we can't take the complaint. Your next regular pickup is tomorrow. And this goes on and on. If you walk around, you see couches everywhere. That's why, because the bulk collection from has been stopped under Bill de Blasio, has been impeded. The subways. My opponents like to talk about the subways. Bill de Blasio, Justin's mayor, has said that the subways is not his responsibility. So, we have to take the three subway stations that Senator Golden and Joe Loder just announced that are getting elevators at 77th Street, 86th Street, and 95th Street. We're going to get those elevators in there, and we're not getting one at 69th Street at this time because they cannot place it appropriately based on engineering. So they are looking at it, so we cannot say that 69th Street's off the table, but that is a state issue until Mayor de Blasio takes responsibility for it and wants to chip into the MTA. He really does have no say in it. Thank you. Rebuttal from uh, Justin Bradley and Bob Capano if he wants it. Here's a perfect example. John Quaglione complaining about something, pointing at something and saying it's a problem. The bulk pickup on the side streets. Sure. I'm actually suing City Hall to reverse that decision. So I'm actually doing something about it, right? In the NTA, John Clayton, sorry, sir. Um, uh, yeah, you know what? And I didn't like that you spoke down to sanitation workers. I think the men and women who do their job every day in the sanitation department do a terrific job. Uh, let's give a round of applause to the sanitation workers. It's not their fault. I didn't say it was their fault. Show on the road. Um, and, and lastly, with the MTA, I mean, look, I'm, I'm doing everything I can as an advocate, as a citizen, when I work as chief of staff to Councilman Gentilly. But the fact is, John Quaglione has worked for Marty Golden for about 400 years, and he is on the Capital <laughs> Review Board for the MTA. Nothing has been done. They're taking a victory lap. I just told you things that have been done. And John the weekend, and the weekend express bus, let's be fair. If you're gonna throw it out on the table, and it's not 400 years, it's 19, by the way. And let's throw it out on the table. We got weekend express bus service. We work together on the B37. We go to our positive panel for the president's rebuttal. He ate into my rebuttal. $24 million was spent on the Bay Ridge Avenue station. John Quackley and Marty Nolan took a victory lap for nothing, for $24 million that was wasted, that we should have been putting in a wheelchair accessible station to make okay. improved service. Now this is the problem with the career politicians running for office. They, they work for elected officials for most of all of their lives, and then when they run for office themselves, they complain about all the things that haven't been done. 
So I think that's why we need a change. We need someone who's a, not a career politician, someone who actually runs a business, been an educator, and who hasn't spent their life on the taxpayer's dime. Justin, and this is directly called Review. It says, why do any of you on your campaign sites or platforms not include proposals for police or judicial reform? Are our law enforcement officials infallible? No, I mean, I, I recently you know, put out a press release calling for community policing. Um, I know that um, we can do a lot better with relations between the community and the, and the, and the, uh, the police and the communities that they serve. And that's why I call for community policing. I don't have every single thought or issue that I talk about or, or, or statement I have on my website, but um, there's other stuff that on the course of the campaign, I talk to voters at the doors, and these are things that I, that I strongly uh, will fight for. Say the question again. I have a proposal for public safety enhancement, which is creating an eyes on the street program, which is incident based. Because we all have these phones, right? And everyone takes video and they put it on Facebook when a package is stolen off their stoop, when a car is broken into. It's nice that you're telling me on my Facebook page, and I don't mind it, and I do share it with the police, but that needs to go directly to the police. So I've created a proposal which I will, I will enact when I'm elected, to call it the Eyes on the Street program. And it's on my website. If anyone's interested, they could go on there. And I've been endorsed by the Detectives Endowment Association, the lieutenants, the sergeants, and, and I'm hoping to hear from the captains by tomorrow, as well as the correction officers. So I am very strongly um, pro-police, and I have an agenda for public safety in our neighborhood. Thank you. On my website, there are plenty of statements and press releases uh, over the past several months that I've made supporting our police. I started, uh, in fact, last year, uh, Blue Lives Matter uh, state petition that has got thousands of signatures to support our police. I spoke already about the, my two uncles being uh, two retired Brooklyn cops. Like I said, so there's no great supporter of our NYPD as far as judicial reform and a whole host of other reforms that we need in our state, that's one of the reasons why I do support a uh, constitutional convention to take care of things like that. Thank you. Next question, I'll start off with uh, John. What will you do to protect immigrants, regardless of their status, that feel unsafe or under attack? I'm proud that in the moments after 9-11 when Senator Golden, who I'm getting beat up for working for, is probably one of the best servants this community's ever had, when he sat there, and he stood up for, with Pastor Elliot team and with members of the Bearage Jewish Center and St. Anselm's and Holy Angels and every parish, and he got a unity task force started with Larry Marsh, may he rest in peace. And I've been there at every meeting that they've had since. This community, there is a zero tolerance policy for a hate crime, just like what happened last, it wasn't a hate crime, but there was a brutal assault of a Hala food cart worker on 5th Avenue and 86th Street on Sunday night. I don't know if any of you saw that. There's no place for that in this neighborhood. There's no, it was, it was unprovoked, apparently, an arrest has been made. There's no place for that in this community. And we have proudly um, gone on to advance it. We did essay contests, religious tolerance, 
ethnic tolerance in our schools, and I will continue that as the next city councilman to grow this diverse community and embrace every aspect of it. Thank you. I think a lot can be done uh, to make sure that everyone that calls our community home feels welcome here and feels safe here um, and, and feels like part of our community. Um, and it's one of the things that I do plan to focus on. Uh, my vision for this district is deeply, deeply inclusive and really is based around bringing more people to the table. Uh, people that maybe in the past uh, were shut out from the political process. Um, so it's something that I'm certainly focused on. Um, and it's, it's something that uh, is very, very important. I think the role of a local elected official has completely changed thanks to Donald Trump. It's not enough now to just fill the, the potholes and put up the stop signs. You now have to be outspoken on a lot of these issues that are frankly giving a lot of vulnerable communities a lot of anxiety for uh, very, very significant reasons. So it's important that people um, know where their elected officials stand on these issues um, and that they're not afraid to go out there and stand up uh, for everyone in, in our community. This all begun, begins with teaching our children to do the right thing and respecting people regardless of race or religion. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so proud of my experiences uh, with the 68 Precinct Youth Council, where I managed my own teams for many years. And uh, regardless of race or religion, we all had one thing in mind, all the coaches, teaching those kids how to play baseball and teaching those kids uh, how to work as a team. I later became president of that organization, serving over 1,100 children in this community. And I think we, have, we need to expand our youth programs in this uh, community so that all children learn at a very young age that the importance of working together. And of course, we condemn any type of violence against anyone. A crime is a crime is a crime. Whether it's attack or, and I'll, I'll say it, whether it's coming to this country illegally, that also happens to be a crime. Thank you. Next question will start off with uh, John. I know you all are aware of the inequity in the way city real estate taxes are assessed. Someone in Park Slope pays $3,000 on a $1.5 million home. Someone in Bay Ridge pays $7,000 for the same market value home. What can we expect you to do to correct this? Great question. There was just an article in the paper on Sunday, I don't know if it was the Post or the News, but there has been um, a movement, it's called Tax Equity Now NYC, that is started by Martha Stark, who was the Bloomberg Finance Commissioner, and I have reached out to her, her people, and, and uh, we have conversations going on with that. And it was, it was uh, miraculous that it's uh, almost the end of the mayor's fourth year, and he admitted in the paper on Sunday that there is something that is wrong with our tax system, and that there needs to be something done about it. So what he's been doing for the last four years is beyond me. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, property taxes is something I've been talking about in this campaign since day one. I'm happy to hear that you're now waking up to it. Um, when I knock on people's doors, and I, I hear that they're paying more than the guy next door to them who has the exact same house, uh, this is a real problem. And this is something that I strongly disagree with Mayor de Blasio on, and something that frankly on day one we need to recalibrate. The entire property tax system has to be recalibrated. The fact that people uh, in Park Slope who have $3 million homes are paying less than we do in Bay Ridge um, is crazy, and, and it just needs to be 
cram down to the bottom and start over again. I think that's the only way to fix it. Yeah, yeah it's an absolute disgrace that, that May de Blasio even said this, that he's going to wait until he's reelected to come up with a plan to deal with these inequities. I mean, that is just stupid. That, I mean, it's crazy. This has been a festered problem for many, many years, I will say. Uh, that the property tax is one of the only taxes that New York City, the New York City Council does wholly control and absolutely I would be happy and would be eager to introduce a bill uh, that would reduce our property taxes uh, to put some of our, our city council members who happen to be Democrats on the spot. But, but this is an issue that affects not just our community, but communities throughout the city. And, it, and it's undeniable that the cost of living in this city is getting worse and worse and worse. People find it more and more and more difficult to make ends meet. Everything's going up, including property taxes, MTA fares. Uh, so we have to do all we can, including looking at this property tax, to encourage more people to stay here in New York City, not to move down south, which has been, unfortunately, the trend. Thank you. Next question. Recent years have seen the mayor's office and city council attempt to micromanage many aspects of our lives. Example, Bloomberg's limit on large soda bottles, mandatory composting of food scraps, attacks on grocery bags, exorbitant taxes on cigarettes, etc. What's your opinion? Is this good or bad? I think this is very bad. I mean, most of these proposals that this mayor and city council do, to me, is political correctness on steroids. I mean, they want to tax everything that moves, including things that don't, like plastic bags. Um, I was proud to be part of that fight in, in, in saying very publicly on virtually every TV station and radio station how wrong this was. Certainly, this is where my experience in the private sector, which I think makes me stand out as a supermarket manager, gave me some extra knowledge on the impact of this bad tax that would have on customers and consumers and the people. Um, it, it's just, uh, I, happen, I happen to be believe, believe that the less laws that are passed, the better, especially when we're looking at the type of radical city council members we have today. So hopefully, we'll have some more common sense members elected to the city council, beginning with the first reform party member here in the 43rd council district. Thank you. Uh, there are some of those proposals I agree with, some that I don't. I mean, frankly, I understand, um, I, had, I had a friend who uh, knew that I worked for the city council, and she, she saw me coming home from work one day and said, what did you guys ban today? Um, so that certainly resonated with me. I understand that, that, that that's a perception. Uh, frankly, I think, um, you know, we're in some very uncertain times right now. We need to get back to basics in a very real way, uh, which is listening to each other and really delivering on the local, local level um, for people that are struggling, uh, struggling to get by, living paycheck to paycheck, seniors living on fixed incomes, uh, parents who are worried about how they're gonna send their kids to college, even though their kid just started pre-K. Um, these, are, these are the issues that I plan to focus on, um, and, um, and that's what my campaign has been about since day one. The, the laws that are on the books already have, have, have had damaging effects to, to uh, businesses and customers and, and consumers already. 
Let's talk about the laws that, that they're talking about, the taxes that they are talking about. The garbage tax on top of your property tax, where you will now get an additional tax on top of your real estate tax just to put out your garbage. Councilman Reynoso from uh, Williamsburg is, is pushing that, and I'm the only member on this stage, one of my Republican primary opponents was spoken out against it, but I'm the only one on this stage that, that said no way, no how on a garbage tax. That's, that's just ludicrous. And why don't we stop talking about what we can tax more and start working on fixing the NYCHA properties, the 2,300 units that the mayor has left sitting there, unattended, unlivable, and get over 2,300 families out of the homeless shelters and off of our streets. That's what we should be focusing on, not taxing bags and taxing cigarettes. Additionally, when the illegal cigarette market is rampant here in our community and throughout the city, which is, which is causing more and more illegal cigarettes to come into this neighborhood, and that's what we should be doing. We should be focusing on getting permanent housing for families and children, we should be getting rid of, stopping the garbage tax. Let's not talk about what's already happened, it's there. We all know it won't come away. They told us the Verrazano Bridge toll would come down when it paid for, that never happened. So let's not put too much stock in, in those proposals, but let's fight the ones that are coming. Thank you. All right, John, now we're gonna hold that microphone. I got a question directed towards you and then one for Mr. Brandon. Uh, the Department of Education spends $22,000 per student per year. It's about $600,000 per classroom per year. There are about 1.5 million students. If you could cut 5% of that budget, what would you do with the savings? As, a, as the only candidate on the stage that actually has a child and has a child in the public school, I think it's great that someone asked me this question, so thank you. We need to get more arts and music in our schools. We need to get more, you, the, the knowledge that the children get from learning through a painting or a song about history or a song about a holiday or a tradition. That's something that's easier to learn when my child's in first grade. That's, a, that's something they look forward to, to break up the monotony of the day. So the 5% savings, and there could be a lot more than 5% savings. There's a ton of waste in our school system. But if we're talking about only 5%, I would redirect it to make sure that our public schools, which I'm a public school parent, proudly, will have more opportunities, our students, for music and art. Next question is for Mr. Brandon. New York City's budget is over $90 billion. Do you think I'm getting my money's worth? If you could raise taxes, what would you spend it on? I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't raise taxes. Um, but I, I would spend it on fixing the MTA. Um, I think education and transportation are really the two great equalizers. Um, and public transportation, frankly, in the greatest city in the world um, is terrible and it's embarrassing. Um, so something needs to be done there. That's what I would do. Next question was thought up about Capano. 86th Street between 4th Avenue and Fort Allenton Parkway has become an unsafe and unhealthy shopping destination. Between the aggressive panhandling and mentally ill homeless, I no longer feel safe. The exhaust coming from the food carts and the ice cream trucks is greatly affecting our air quality. What are your plans to address these issues? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess over there. Um, uh, look, street vendors have a lot to do with this. I remember uh, during my time working with former Congressman Vince Pacella and Marty Markowitz, uh, we worked closely with the uh, community board uh, and the 86th Street Business Improvement District. Uh, to get it to be a vendor-free zone. 
um, but you know they're still there. Um, and believe it or not, there are actually proposals out there where uh, Speaker uh, Melissa Mark Burrito wants to actually raise the number of uh, street vendors on the, on the streets, which which would be absolutely uh, crazy. Uh, so we can't allow that to happen. I would be a, a vocal. Uh, uh, I would vocally oppose that. And also, we have to look at you know the homeless situation. I mean, on the streets and the subways, I open my store on the Upper East Side every day at 6 a.m. And what do I see? Homeless people lined up across the benches, uh, across the street. We see it in the subways, and, and this mayor has absolutely fa failed on the homeless uh, crisis. Um, I was looking at the, uh, the mayor of Austin, Texas. He came up with a pretty good uh, proposal for dealing with the homeless issue. Um, what he did was he literally locked for 24 hours a bunch of business groups and community groups in, in, in his conference room and said, we're not leaving this room and we, until we solve the homeless uh, crisis in our community. And he got them to chip in to provide jobs, provide housing, and that's the type of aggressive, outside-the-box thinking we need in City Hall from city government. Unfortunately, with this mayor, his idea of solving the homeless crisis is just warehousing them in hotels with no community notification, with no community input. We need to do better than that. And if the mayor won't lead on solving the homeless crisis, maybe the city council must. Um, yeah, we have, we have an 86th Street bid. I think the bid could be doing a bit more. I agree about getting uh, business leaders involved um, more than they are now. Obviously, everyone benefits from a safe and clean uh, environment, and uh, business only does as well as, as safe and as clean as the streets are. Um, uh, homeless people are people just like you and I who currently don't have a home. Um, well, I understand certainly. Um, it might be not something pretty to look at, but um, I don't certainly don't support the demonization of homeless people like they're lepers or something. Um, I believe that we need an independent commission to work on citing homeless shelters to take politics out of the equation. Um, and there's an assemblyman, uh, Andrew Hevesy, uh, who's proposed a plan that I support uh, for a statewide rental assistance program that would help families receiving uh, public assistance to stay in their homes by bridging the gap between the rent subsidies they get now and typical fair market rents. Um, the reason why we have a homeless problems is because we have an affordable housing crisis in the city. Uh, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. But I agree, it, it, it requires all hands on deck approach, and it requires empathy and compassion. The reality of homelessness, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, is that it can happen to any one of us. And that's the truth. The reality also is that de Blasio has done nothing to help these people. And they, when I said that there needs to be 23, there are 2,300 vacant units in NYCHA properties as of the last report, and he has failed to retrofit those, paint them, get the plumbing working, get the lights working, and get 2,300 families he could get. That could be 10,000 people out of the homeless shelter. He has failed the homeless population. 
There's no, I stop and I give them money. I spoke about it earlier. When I walked up 86th Street with my daughter and she asked me, what does it mean to be homeless? I explained it to her and I explained what you do when you see a homeless person. You buy them something to eat. There is nothing more sad to see a veteran or to see a young person, a mentally ill person on the street of our city. Now the weather's getting colder, it becomes an even worse situation. The food carts and the ice cream trucks and 86th Street, you don't have to ask us about if it's a problem. Just look at how many stores are for rent on 86th Street. There's, I think, about six or seven just close to Fifth Avenue. They're seeing the same thing we're seeing. The food trucks, I called for it in 2013. I wrote to the speaker, I think she's finally getting around to it, giving letter grades to the food carts. You ever look at the sidewalk next to the food carts? It's disgusting, okay? You stand next to the ice cream truck all day long, the fumes going into the air quality. We have to retrofit those ice cream trucks to make them green. We have green cars, we should have green ice cream trucks so that we don't pollute the environment. The, the quality of life on 86th Street is deplorable. That's why the Banana Republic factory store, and that's why the Gap outlet has opened there. I don't know if any of you know this, because the demographics of those that shop in this district have declined so much that they believe that this district needs outlet stores. Our 86th Street needs a lot of help. Please outline in detail your position on reproductive rights. Do you support the stripping of contraceptive coverage from healthcare legislation? And then there's a question directed for Mr. Quaglione to follow separately on that. But I'll start out with you, uh, John, on the uh, reproductive rights. As a Catholic and as a child that was born at 32 weeks premature, I'm pro-life. And I will take it to the bank. My child was born at 32 weeks. People, barbarians, kill babies, abort babies at 32 weeks. Come with me to my house any day, come pick her up from school. She's the most beautiful girl in the world. I am pro-life. Uh, I am pro-choice. I support a woman's right to access to healthcare. Certainly, I certainly think I know a whole lot of stuff, but I know that I have no business in determining uh, a woman's right to choose. Yeah, this, is, this is one of those issues where, you know, it's not always as easy as just saying, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-choice, because there's always something in the middle. I mean, obviously, I think most people, including, or I, at least John and I, would certainly uh, be against late-term abortions. That's something the majority of American people and I uh, uh, believe in. But I also have to say, you know, we can't put ourselves in any family's situation. So especially considering that this really has nothing to do with the city council, I wouldn't uh, presume to uh, give my personal Catholic uh, beliefs and impose them on any family. I just think that's just, uh, I just think that's wrong. I think uh, personal is personal, and that's it. Can we, can, we can we ask Justin on the late-term abortion, how you feel? I'm pro-choice. Yeah. Question for John. Do you agree with the vote of Republican uh, Representative Donovan, whose endorsement you received to ban abortion at 20 weeks? Do you agree with the vote of Congressman Donovan, whose endorsement you have received to ban abortion at 20 weeks? 
I am not familiar with the legislation, but I'm against late-term abortion. It goes without saying, our district schools are in the midst of an overcrowding crisis. Without returning to housing and legal conversion, which has been repeatedly addressed, what would you do to bring the more than 70 million owed by Albany to our district schools via the campaign for fiscal equity to District 20? All right, so that overcrowding of schools. I, I believe one of the things that we need to do that's a win-win, both to relieve the overcrowding, but also to promote competition and give, give students choice, is to support our char charter and private parochial schools. That's something that we need to do. We need to look at things like education uh, tax credits um, for, for our children. I was I'm blessed to attend this uh, high school, as I said. But I also know that my father had to work his butt off with the Department of Sanitation right here in this community for over 20 years, you know, before he uh, passed away at the young age of 49. And I also know that he had to work second jobs uh, as a car service driver and delivering food for restaurants to allow me the opportunity uh, to attend this school and also St. Patrick's. So I believe that uh, parents should be given the choice which school to send their children to. We should make life easier for parents who choose to send their children to private parochial school. And then that also has the added benefit of relieving the overcrowding in our public schools. Uh, as someone who's attended both public and private schools, um, I obviously support both. I do not support charter schools. I think we need to be doing more to make our public schools stronger. Um, and I don't remember the question. <laughs> oh, campaign for fiscal equity. Oh yeah, you're right, okay. Um, I, I, I uh, suggest everyone checks out a website called whatismyschoolowed.com um, and have something soft behind you because after you faint and see how much your school is owed. Um, I've been fighting, going up to Albany personally as a citizen um, and with my political club to lobby uh, for the campaign for fiscal equity, for the amount of money that we are owed by the state is obscene. Uh, the amount of money we could, what we could do if we, we got that money, it would just be tremendous. Uh, you would really see a, a night and day uh, conversion. So check out whatismyschoolowed.com. Campaign for fiscal equity. Some years back, I think 2006 with Pataki, they uh, reached a settlement to build, um, to give the money to New York City to build the schools. And at that time, Senator Golden and I met with the superintendent, Vinnie Grippo at the time, and he said, we need 10,000 classroom seats. And we got 10,000 classroom seats since then. The illegal conversions have required, we just met with Karina Constantino about in August, and guess how many classroom seats we need? 10,000. 10, and the chancellor, who my opponent worked for, will not let us know how many kids come out of each address. We don't want names, we don't want any privacy, we just want to know if there's 20 kids at an address or 10 kids at an address, because we got to know where these school, how these schools are exploding. We have McKinley that got an extension. They're already at 140%. 170. 170. 127 has an extension. They're full and already over. The extension is coming. They're already over their extension. This is a problem that is impacting 
all of our children's education. So for the chancellor to deny us, we sent a FOIL request, she denied it, for the chancellor to deny giving a number, a count, no personal information, we didn't ask for that, to not give information on how many people are coming out of 174th Street or 574th Street is part of the problem. Next question is directed to Bob Capano. Bob, during the primary you said you were the true Republican and criticized John Quagliano for switching from conservative to Republican, but now you've switched from Republican to Reform Party. How do you justify that and why is that any better? Uh, so, my decision when I said back, in, and this is a perfectly legitimate question, is when I said way back in April that I would support the Republican uh, candidate, it was before the candidates win the race, and I did know uh, John switch. For me, it's a, it's a, I believe, going through the primary process, is that the reform party for me now embodies what we really need, because as you may have been reading, there's been a lot of political games, a lot of political deals by party bosses in this community, in Brooklyn and New York City, that has gone on for way too long. And I believe the Reform Party epitomizes the changes that we need. I believe that we need someone who is independent, who's free from the shackles of, of just being a Republican or Democrat, and in a way, that's really an embodiment of what I've done my whole life. So to me, the Reform Party represents uh, a growing uh, movement that's happened not only in Brooklyn, but throughout this country. And if you look at what's happening, more and more people see themselves as political independents rather than beholden to the Republican or Democratic Party. So yes, I am a Reform Party member, but there's no question, anybody who knows me, that my values will always tilt to the right. But at the end of the day, it's about doing what you believe is right. And for me, personally, I believe that we must go along this new path, led so ably by the chairman of the State Reform Party, Curtis Sliwa, who's here with me tonight. And, and he's done so much for New York City and Brooklyn, and I'm excited to be part of his movement. And I think we just need some fresh new leadership instead of just having career politicians running the show and being beholden to party bosses and special interests rather than to the people directly. That's my answer. Thanks. Next question is yes or no. Are any of you currently on the city or state payroll? John? I'm on a leave. Justin? Uh, no. Bob? No. Okay. Next question, interesting one. The presidential election were held again in November and you had to choose between Clinton and Trump. For whom would you choose, Bob? President Trump. Uh, President Clinton. Donald Trump. Okay. Will you work to keep charter schools out of the New York City public schools, particularly District 20? Yes or no? Bob Capano? Will you work to keep charter schools out of the New York City public school system, particularly District 20? No. Yes or no? No. Absolutely, yes. Yes, it's in my literature. Okay. Good job. Okay. Would you pledge tonight to boycott the Spectrum 
New York wanted to pay unless they resolved to encourage strike and agreed to never engage in union busting in New York City. John? I was at the rally with them, so I support them, but de Blasio is taking money from the people he was protesting against, so if he can do it, I have to participate in the debate. Justin? Um, if, you know, I obviously support uh, working men and women. If that's IBEW came and said that was something that they wanted to do to help get their men and women a better contract, I certainly would listen to them, but I haven't, that's a hypothetical right now. I have no choice but to boycott it because I haven't been invited. <laughs> Just so no one gets upset at me. Some of these questions have been answered uh, in relation to the homeless and everything, so don't, 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 don't throw vegetables at me if I don't read off the homeless question. For Justin Brandon, how much money was wasted on the Echo Dock you were in favor of? How much money was what? Was wasted on the Echo Dock you were in favor of. Oh, I don't think the money was wasted. I think that um, they sold us a, the, the, the slip that they, they gave us just wouldn't, couldn't withstand a storm, which is a problem. Um, but we're getting a new one built. I mean, when the Echo Dock was there, um, it certainly was you know, great for maritime um, different uh, events and people seem to love it. It's just a matter of getting one built that can withstand the storm. $800,000. <laughs> there is a bill in the city for illegal, uh, there's a bill in the city council for illegal immigration to vote on. Where do you stand on this issue, Bob Cabano? Absolutely not. Um, I, do, I do not support that. John? Opposed. Which policies of which policies of President Trump do you support and which do you oppose? Just three categories, yay, nay, or no. The wall, the Muslim ban, cutting health care. Bob? The wall? The wall? Uh, yes. The, the Muslim, Muslim ban, ban, cutting health care. Depends how you define the Muslim ban, but yes. And what else? Cutting health care. Uh, I have to look at more into that one. Justin? The wall, the Muslim man, cutting health care. Oh my goodness. No, no, and no. Yeah! Woo! The, the wall is, a, is, a, um, is being discussed because we're at a crisis, an immigration crisis, and Bush and Obama have kicked the can down the road, so we do have to address immigration. As for the, what was the second one? The Muslim, the Muslim ban. ban. The Muslim ban, I do not support that. I support a terrorist watch list and a ban on terrorism. And then the uh, cutting I oppose the elimination of pre-existing conditions, and I oppose the elimination of removing people off their parents' insurance under 26. Okay. Um, can I answer a very important question? Anybody have a Yankee score? They won! They won! Yeah, all right, that's good. No, no, they're a little shot on. Okay, good. Uh, for, for Mr. Capano, why are you saying yes to a constitutional convention? Because state government needs reform, and we, if we leave it to the career politicians, nothing is going to happen. We need term limits, we need initiative and referendum, we need independent redistricting in drawn districts. Every year, Republicans and Democrats complain how Bearage is divided up into four or five different assembly districts. We need to change that, and the only way it's going to change is if we give the power to the people, if we give voters choice, and that's what a constitutional convention will be. It's all about do we trust the people to make the right decisions. 
I think in New York State, we have more state elected officials who are convicted than lose their re-election bids. That has to change, and the only way it's gonna change if the people take the matter into their own hands. I choose to trust the people, not the career politicians. Next question. Are you Catholic? If yes, do you uh, support the album, I don't know what this is, the album cover featuring the Virgin Mary wearing a suicide vest? I'm only reading the question. What? What? Are you Catholic? And why did your album cover, uh, whoever wrote this really, could have been a little bit more specific, feature the Virgin Mary wearing a suicide vest? You could say no. I, I am a Catholic, and I just think that's a poor gotcha attempt at a question to Justin, and I think that's wrong. I am a Catholic, and I was offended by it. Um, I'm a Catholic, and. Um, okay, thank you. Okay. Do you agree with the Mayor's Secret Commission regarding the removal of statues? Yes or no? No political correctness on steroids. Let's stop the games and get onto real issues plaguing our city, not the Mayor's agenda for his progressive bona fides. Justin? Say it again? On the statue? Yeah, the, uh, the commission to uh, remove statues from the city. Do you agree on its formation? Oh, I mean, I agree on the formation. I don't agree on taking down the Columbus statue. I disagree with the commission, and actually before I got here, I got an email from the Columbus Citizens Foundation thanking me for being one of the 41 candidates that signed the pledge not to take down Christopher Columbus. I'm a member of the Public Citizens Foundation, so that's a good thing. I like that. And the Yankees win, that's a good thing. Um, back in June, back, they won, that's all I care about. Back in June, Mayor de Blasio laid out a plan to develop incredible pets at closing Rikers Island. Um, if the plan in existence was put into effect, would you vote yes or no for it? Listen, Rikers Island is surrounded by high fences, lots of barbed wires, swift currents, and one way on or off a bridge. So by any reasonably reasonable person's definition, that's the most logical place for a jail. It's stupid to think about closing it down. Uh, I support closing Rikers. I'm on the record support closing it. However, I don't subscribe to the scare tactics of some of my opponents who like to say that they're gonna build a jail in Bay Ridge because that is not on the table. And you know that from um, talking to the mayor? <laughs> he hasn't disclosed any location, so. Yeah, the idea behind, so here's the deal. So the idea behind closing Rikers is to make, to make people who, you know, people that are in prison, that they can be, have access to their lawyers or access to their family or whatever it may be. So the idea is to make it closer so people can, can come visit them. So putting the jail in Bay Ridge, They're the jail in Bay Ridge would make no sense because it's far away, so it's not gonna happen. There are 10 jails on Rikers Island. That's the misnomer. Everyone thinks it's one jail. There's 10, okay? And if, who knows where Rikers Island is unless, God forbid, you had to visit someone. Nobody. 
Nobody knows where yes, it is. We I know, I know you know where it is, but most people don't, and that's what we want in New York City, and that's why I have the correction union endorsement, because I will oppose any attempt to close Rikers Island. Are there problems in there? Are the correction officers getting hurt on a regular basis? Absolutely. The mayor, the same way he handles other things, he doesn't fix problems, he doesn't fix the apartments in NYCHA, he just builds homeless shelters wherever the hell he wants, and now he's, instead of fixing Rikers Island, he's just gonna put jails wherever he can. 10 jails in the five boroughs, you do the math. Don't insult our intelligence. Next question, next question. I'm only standing up because I, I don't want to sit anymore. This summer, we've got plenty more questions. This summer, we received an Airbnb complaint that we believe was meant for the same house number, but it's a different street number. When the reps from the mayor's special ops came to our door to inspect, we asked whether the buildings department Listen to the original 311 complaint to verify the address. We were told we don't do that. What will you do to help protect us from unjust 311 complaints, Bob? <laughs> I'm not standing up uh, for a fact. I just got, as you can tell, I'm not a specimen of physical health. So I just need to, you know, Look, obviously, uh, 311 is a, is a great system. Um, it allows complaints, but I think it's going to be very, very difficult to uh, uh, screen things for false reports. Um, I, I, I do think the, one of the answers is to have our 311 operators uh, more trained to ask the right questions in uh, specific uh, areas. I, too, have heard uh, complaints from our residents who have not had that great of experience with 311. Um, in, the, in responsiveness, so I think it was a brilliant idea to, to uh, face some of the non-emergency calls away from 911, but a lot more work needs to be done to train those 311 operators to more timely, to more efficiently uh, get those calls answers, and with that, obviously, would be addressing uh, uh, false issues. But I, I don't obviously don't know that much about that specific uh, complaint. Justin? Can't speak to that specific um, incident, um, but um, 311 I think is a great tool. But I would agree with Bob in the sense that um, a lot can be done to improve it. And certainly, the way it exists right now seems to be unless you have someone who can advocate for you and expedite your 311 call, it's very hard to get any attention on 311. So uh, that needs to be improved, certainly. The problem might lie in the fact that you can make anonymous complaints on 301. If everyone here that suspected somebody was doing something was okay with the fact that they may find out that you called, those fake complaints might stop. I had a person who was getting harassed by her neighbor underneath her because she just didn't like her in an apartment building, and she had ACS come after her day in and day out that she wasn't feeding her kids, that she was beating her kids, her kids were up all night screaming, her kids were starving, and she was a school psychologist. So she almost lost her job based on these anonymous false 311 complaints. So if there, I mean, if you want to report a stoplight or, or a, a tree, tree limb or something minor, but when you're getting into somebody's home or you're getting into somebody's uh, family situation, if you're, not, if you're not credible enough, or you're not man enough, or woman enough to tell who you are, if you're really that concerned about it, you should want to fix it. Give your name and number. Okay, Joanne, I want to hold that microphone. We've got a, one directed to you. 
who the person, the only person who wrote down who, that he said he wanted me to read his name. This is from Frankie Mara. Two weeks ago, Frankie Mara asked you at the Dyke Civic Heights debate about your comments regarding double parking for people grabbing a slice of pizza or a bagel. You denied ever saying that. Uh, on May 23rd, 2017, you told the Brooklyn Eagle, it's not only hurting the quality of life for the residents, but it's also forcing us to get double parking tickets. Uh, do you remember those comments? I where is it? I actually looked it up, <laughs> and it wasn't double parking. It was people that come out of a coffee shop or a bagel store. I have the article on my phone if you want to see it. I came out of the the uh, offshore diner on Thursday. I had a lunch meeting there. I came out at three twenty-three, and my ticket expired. My little tag thing expired at three twenty-two, and I have the ticket on the back seat of my car. If you want to show it to me, that's what I was talking about. I wasn't talking about double parking. So I, I cleared up the misunderstanding. Thank you. Given the storm season we just witnessed, Pummel the Caribbean and the damage New York City sustained in 2012 with Sandy. With Sandy, do any of you have any thoughts on legislation to protect New York City from future storm surges? Is there any political will for such initiati initiatives? Uh, Bob? Well, during the time of uh, Superstorm Stanley, I happened to be the uh, district chief of staff to former Congressman Bob Turner, who represented uh, parts of Brooklyn and Queens, and as we all know, the Rockaways and uh, Breezy Point and Garrison Beach in Brooklyn was severely uh, hit, and I walked those uh, streets with him um, and those neighborhoods with him in the days and weeks uh, following the storm and worked very hard to get the uh, federal emergency aid uh, to those communities, and unfortunately, many people are still uh, suffering, but certainly here in New York City, um, I, I think we need to improve programs like Build a Back that have uh, been surely lagging, and I would support all efforts to look at ways to uh, protect our, our shorelines uh, from uh, these types of storms. Uh, so to answer your question honestly, no, I don't have any specific ideas uh, at this time, but it's certainly uh, something that anyone uh, with common sense would say, yeah, we need to look at. And that's my honest answer. Justin? Sure. Um, one, of the, one of the reasons why I helped start Bayridge Cares was after Hurricane Sandy, uh, seeing the devastation that we saw in neighboring um, uh, communities. Um, so certainly, I worry, honestly worry that we haven't done anything. Um, we need to do, certainly that means we need to do a lot more. I worry that if a storm like that came again, that we're completely unprotected. Um, we haven't learned um, from what happened in Sandy and what's happening now across the country. Um, and I think it's time we stop denying climate change. And we admit that climate change is real. And that's something we see done. Yes, absolutely. I don't, again, I don't have specific ideas, but we need to do a lot more. Like Bob said, and I just want to point out, I mean, all you talk about is that you have all this non-government experience. All your answers are based on things you did work in front of an elected official. But um, having said that, Build It Back program started under Mayor Bloomberg when he finished his term. And Bill de Blasio promised people, straighten their eye, that he would have them in their home by a certain point. And just recently, he said it's now going to be March or it's April. This is five years next week that Hurricane Sandy hit. This is a shame. These people are living in, in apartments. They're, they're losing money. Their houses are still not lifted. This is a disgrace. But this goes back to a point I wanted to make earlier. Everybody can stand and yell and scream and attack the President of the United States. Mm -hmm. 
But when it comes down to money to shore up the side, the shoreline and to protect us from future storms, the federal government pays for that. The federal government pays for that. So Andrew Cuomo can go out and yell and scream and kick Trump in his rear end every day and Bill de Blasio can do even worse. But New York City is gonna be the one that suffers when we don't get the federal money to shore up our shoreline to make sure that the people that are still living in post-Sandy conditions never have their house destroyed again. Alex, thanks for joining what I have always said is that I have spent the majority of my life in the private sector as a grocery manager with Grand Union in my early 20s, then as a high school social studies, studies teacher at a private high school, St. Edmunds Preparatory High School, then as a Gristini's grocery manager and a Gristini's supermarket store manager. Yes, I have spent some time in the public sector working with Republicans and Democrats. You have spent your entire life on the taxpayer's dime. So therefore, I hope I get a nice Christmas card from you since I paid your salary your whole life. <laughs> this next question is for George Bartolome. Can you explain why John Bruno was endorsed by the Conservative Party over you and how you are now the Conservative Party nominee instead of John Bruno? You would have to ask the Conservative Party. Okay. Dodge. Dodge it. It's called the backward deal. Alright, so both, I'm sorry, this is for uh, Justin and for uh, John. Both of you have come out against illegal home conversions. What would you do to get the DOB to enforce the building codes and zonings in our community? And would you uh, push the DOB to demand that all illegally converted houses be returned to their conditions before the conversion? Justin? Um, yeah, I mean, that sounds good. Uh, there's a lot of work to do. Um, I helped draft the uh, aggravated legal conversions bill with Councilman Gentile, uh, and that was just enacted a couple, maybe a week and a half ago. So we need to see how that plays out and see uh, if that does what we need it to do. If not, there's myriad things that we can do to make it stronger. Uh, some of the things would be circumstantial evidence. The fact that uh, if you see an illegal conversion, you don't need to gain access to know and suspect that there might be people who are being exploited and living in unsafe conditions just by seeing you know, a bunch of garbage cans or a bunch of doorbells or uh, you know, multiple uh, electric boxes on a two-family home is enough. all you need to know that there's probably a legal conversion there. Um, so I think there's a lot more that can be done. I think we need to stop, um, we need to stop demonizing the tenants of the illegal conversions because they're living there. Um, these folks are living there because they can't afford to live anywhere else. Um, so you can't really talk about illegal conversions without talking about the affordability crisis we're having in the city. However, it's unsafe uh, for first responders, it's unsafe for the tenants. Um, so the landlords, the greedy landlords and unscrupulous landlords are the ones we need to be going after. And we need to be following the money. If you follow the money and you find out who is bankrolling um, these illegal conversion construction, um, that's how you, you can really make, uh, do some damage and, and stem the tide. My opponent and I agree on the illegal home conversion issue going forward. My opponent and I do not agree on the illegal home conversion issue going backwards. If you look on his website, he says that the illegal conversions that are already in place can basically stay and we should address the newer ones. So going back to my argument about the overcrowded schools, the taxing on the overcrowding subways, the impossibility of finding a parking space, 
We need to go back to the homes that are supposed to be two or three family and make sure that they are only two or three family. And that is why the fire department has endorsed me, because they believe that I will take on the issue and ensure the safety of their men and women. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to grab that microphone because we have a question about the FDNY test. Uh, this time, and I'm only reading how it's pronounced, the last time out, the Vulcan Society gave out the answer sheets. Um, how will you feel about ending this outrage of getting the answers to this test to a select few? How do you feel about that? I don't know what the Vulcan Society is, but I mean, that's what it says. No, that, that was in the papers, and that's cheating. I mean, if you got the answers in your classroom, you would get thrown out of school, right? So why do you get on the fire department if you have the answers before you take the test? I would, I would call for an investigation on that if there's not one already in place. Justin? I mean, requirements for being a uh, firefighter are certainly very, very important. So cheating on a test like that um, would be a real issue. I don't know enough about the issue to really speak on it, but uh, and you're cheating on a, on a test like that is, uh, would have serious ramifications and put people's lives in danger. Rob? The same thing for my uh, former high school students uh, and my college students that, is, that goes here. There's a zero, toler uh, zero tolerance for treated, cheating in anything that you're on, obviously. Two questions for John. Uh, I'm trying to encapsulate them because there's been three or four requests. John, after many years ago, you helped organize a class to teach women proper etiquette and how to walk like models. If elected, will you organize similar classes? Just reading the question that was asked. I did not organize the class, and I would not organize the class. Thank you. Okay. Uh, next question for you is, did you vote for Donald Trump, and if so, why? I voted for John Kasich in the primary, and I never thought Donald Trump was going to be, be the nominee. And the fact that he is, when it was him or Hillary Clinton, there was no clear choice. Hillary Clinton is a criminal. Hillary Clinton does not deserve to be in the House. Final question, I'll exercise the privilege as a moderator to ask my, my question. I have a two-year-old daughter, and if, for those of you who don't have a child, imagine you had a child, you have to answer the question based upon if you had the child right next to you, and you were at a sporting event. And, you know, I, I was raised that sporting events were the last bastion of non-political nature, that we could go there with our children or as adults, that we could be cleansed by going there, that we wouldn't have to worry about the first two to three minutes. How do you feel about the national anthem situation? If you had a child, number one, how do you feel if you're standing in, a, in school? I was raised that we did do the Pledge of Allegiance. And then finally, the third part is, how do you feel about the fact that the people who got us our freedom to have the national anthem are being disrespected by not controlling the way the issue is being expressed in a work environment where people receive a salary. This is not in a public setting where people get paid to do their job. I'll start with you, Bob. Well, I absolutely agree with our president, and, I, and he was absolutely right to bring this to the forefront. I mean, whether you're a child or an adult, you respect our country, and you, that means standing for the national anthem. No ifs, ands, or buts about it.
I mean, my two uncles born in Vietnam, one died in Agent Orange. You don't disrespect our flag. And to me, I agree with the president. If the NFL players don't want to stand for the national anthem, get the hell another job.
Again, I want to thank Alex for, for organizing this and Ralph, the Paris Community Council. And my colleague, you know, Bruno is in the back. If he's still there, he's running for Brooklyn Borough President. I want to acknowledge him. And I wanted to also um, talk about, again, the importance of this election. And again, remind you, my slogan is not just my slogan. It's our slogan. This election matters. And this neighborhood can do a hell of a lot better than we're doing. And we have to work starting on day one, November 8th, when I'm, when I'm a councilman-elect, I will go and I will take these issues to City Hall for the people of this district, improve our parks, improve our schools, get senior housing on the, on the agenda, take care, of, take care of the objectives that we need to to address the illegal home conversion. I would not vote with the mayor many times, but if he is re-elected, God forbid, 99% of the time, like, like other council members do. I would not do that. I would be a real independent voice with no ties to Bill de Blasio. I could fight Bill de Blasio, and I could have the community rallied up like I will later this week on another big issue and stand up for what he wants to do to our neighborhood after he's reelected. Thank you. So uh, again, Alex, the Bayridge Community Council, uh, thank you for this debate. Thank you for including me. Um, I, I think this uh, race creates a stock choice. Um, you have someone in me who is now uh, independent, who has experience outside of the public sector, who can actually bring to the table when bills come for vote an understanding of how it ex affects business, how it affects education. My two opponents, for the most part, have spent most poor, in John's case, their entire life uh, in public service. That's not a bad thing. I think John and Justin are good guys, and I think they would do an incredible job as council members. My argument is, and what the Reform Party believes, is that we need people in office who are more independent. We need people in office who aren't going to be beholden to the party bosses and the elected officials who have basically paid their salaries or are responsible for their rise to leadership in the community. That's what I am all about. I will never forget my time growing up in this community as a student here at Severian, as a student at St. Patrick's, as someone who played baseball with the 68th Priest Youth Council, who later became a manager with the council, and later became president. To me, that's what it's all about giving back to your community. Not because it's your God-given right, because you happen to vote for a work for this elected official or that elected official for the longest period of time. It's about your ideas and your principles. And my ideas and my principles are simply that it's always community first. It's always neighborhood first. It's always about putting the people's interests above partisan politics. As I teach my national government students each year, the founders of our country had an idea. And their idea was the importance of citizen legislators. People who would serve, work in the real world, and then they would serve for a time in the public sector, and then go back to the real world. That's what I intend to do. It's not good to have people in office whose only experience 
is working in government politics. You can't relate to the people that way. Thank you very much for your attention. I think it's a good debate, and you guys are great. Thank you. Thank you all for coming, and we'll see you at next month's meeting. Oh, Francesca, I'm so sorry. Hello. <laughs> 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 my my great-grandparents came here from Italy uh, with some lint in their pockets and a dream. And people spit at them, people made fun of them for how they spoke, for how they looked, for what they ate. Um, and I think about them every morning, honestly, when I wake up and... and uh, I have this, this awesome opportunity just to run for office. It's truly uh, a privilege. And I was raised to stand up for what's right and do what's right even when no one is looking. I know times are tough out there for a lot of people. Um, I'm not certainly not blind to that. People living paycheck to paycheck, seniors living on fixed incomes, uh, parents who are struggling to get by, you know, uh, having to choose between sending their kids to school and picking their kid up after school and paying rent. It's not easy out there, I understand that. I think we need to do more to fight income inequality, which is really the root of all these issues. We need to do more to make sure our neighbors are safe. Uh, we need to do more to pick each other up and fall down, because truly that is the Brooklyn way. And it doesn't matter what you look like or where you come from or how long you've been here, you're here now and you deserve uh, dignity and respect and to be protected uh, and to be welcome in this community. So my mission really is to make your life just a little bit easier and to go to City Hall every day and to fight for what's right for Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, Bath Beach, and Bensonhurst, and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm proud to have Councilman Gentile's endorsement who served this, this uh, district with distinction for 14 years. He taught me a lot. Uh, I wanna carry on his legacy and I wanna do the right thing by the neighborhood where I grew up and I hope I can count on your vote on November 7th. Thank you. Thanks for listening. That was the debate. If you have any questions, and if you've gotten this far, I'm sure you do, ask your follow-ups at the Arab American Association's debate this coming Tuesday. Again, it's at IS30, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., doors at 6.30, October 24th. We'll be there, and we'll be live tweeting and doing more recording. Its hashtag will be AAANYDebate. So thanks again. We'll be back soon with our episode on nativism. Till then, stay free, Bay Ridge.